Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Working Therapist Podcast. I'm Hayden Bolick, your host. And today we have Kirsty Miles, who's joining us again. Kirsty is the leader of our Southern Pines team and clinic and contract sites associated with that over there. She's also a physical therapist. And between she and I, we make things happen here at PDT. So... Welcome, Kirsty. Thanks for having me. So today we are actually talking about the only five things that therapists really need to produce in terms of paperwork. So let's give people a little bit of a background here, Kirsty. So sometimes we'll hear therapists say, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. I've got so much paperwork to do. And we have worked really hard at PDT to condense that paperwork, make it as streamlined, as specific as possible to meet all the insurance needs, to give a good idea. If you're reading the eval, the physician, referring physician, or another therapist, what's happening with this child in terms of the daily note or the eval or whatever. We work really hard. We streamline that. So that's all very successful. We work really hard through there. So if we hear therapists are, oh my gosh, there's so much paperwork. I'm so overwhelmed. And we worked hard to train them on what to do and how to do this and what to write specifically. Then I start thinking, huh, what is so overwhelmed? So as we start asking questions, we're finding that therapists were producing a lot of stuff that they just don't need to. And as a result, they were getting bogged down in all this paperwork that was completely not necessary. I mean, the insurance company requires enough, you know, so let's just do what they're asking to do and to meet those needs and standards and to meet our what we do have to do to document. But besides that, let's not do some extra mess. So as a result, then we came up with if there's five things that therapists have to produce in a private practice type situation, five pieces of paper that therapists have to produce on a regular basis. And if you're doing more than these five things, you know, put your hands up and walk away. Don't touch it because we don't have to do it. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about those five things today. And this is going to make your life so much easier and better because it's so awesome when you get to say, no, I don't need to do that. Hands up, walk away. And I think people are doing it because they want to be helpful and they feel like that's the thing to do because that's needed. But also the reason why we only have these five things to do is really to protect you. We get pulled into and roped into a lot of things that are not our lane. Yes. And what can happen is sometimes it can set you up for failure or potential risk. And a lot of times the request is not coming in a way that somebody would think it would put you at risk. Like if a family member is coming to you and say, hey, can you write something up for me and saying that he can go to this camp, this child can go to a certain camp this summer. I mean, they're not thinking, oh, this is going to be potentially a risk situation for the therapist. And as a therapist, I'm like, yeah, I I want him to be able to go to that camp. It sounds good. However, that's out of my lane. I don't make the decision on what camp a child can go to. I don't know what's going to happen to that camp. I don't know anything about that camp. Now, I can give you my eval and my daily note about what he can do and can't do related to speech therapy. But I can't tell you if this child can go to this camp. I have no idea about this camp. That's not our lane to decide mm-hmm, that. We, mm-hmm. we don't get to make those decisions. We can state what a child can do, what a child can't do, and mm-hmm. why they need OTP to your speech mm-hmm. within our scope of practice, but we don't get to make the determining factor. We've also seen where a outpatient therapist is writing recommendations to the school system. Again, we're a medical model. That's not our lane to be making recommendations to the school system for the IEP. So a parent coming in and saying, you know, we write this, this, and this, Well, I can't write that, but I can give you a copy of his evaluation. They have access to his records, so they can take any of that information, but we don't write a letter making recommendations. Number one, we're not a part of that IEP team. And number two, 
that's a really good way to make an enemy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> because now you're telling them what to do. Yes. So don't. Exactly. Hands up, walk away. And I mean that in a nice way, but in a way to be like, for the therapist to recognize, if they're not one of these five things, think, okay, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? I don't need to do this. And really assess, can't this need that's being requested of me be met in a different way? Like, you know, let me give you what I can give you to best help, but this is not my area. I don't need to do this. So what we thought we could do is walk through each thing of the five things and explain how these five things can meet these various other needs that sometimes people ask for and what these five things will solve problems for. Right. So let's start with the eval. So an evaluation tells you what this child can do and what this child has a few issues or areas of concern for and their goals and how they're functioning right now. And then what the therapist wants to do, that's their plan. So no eval is older here at PDT than a year. And some of ours, based on the insurance requirements, are no older than six months. So if you've got that evaluation, that right there gives you the framework of, okay, here's where this child's area of strengths are. These are these child's areas of need. You get a picture of the little person. So that eval right there serves a multitude of purposes for requests that you may get, such as, can this child go to this camp? I don't know if they can go to this camp, but this is where they're functioning. So does this fit? Let the director of the camp and the parent figure that out. It also fits for, sometimes people ask me, I'll get requests from the school system, though. Can you recommend a classroom for a child? I'm not a part of that system. I don't know what classroom is best for this child, but I can tell you what their strengths are, their areas for concern, what I'm working on, what I know. I can give you the picture of the child. The eval solves that problem. And then the team can figure out the best class based on my input. I don't have to research it, write it up. So a lot of times therapists are, well, let me research this classroom. Let me research this classroom. Let me give them their ideas for this or ideas for that. Not my thing, not my area. The eval should serve and let the team decide that. And I've given you my input. We do get a lot of requests for therapists to sign off. This largely comes from the military where the family is getting orders to go out of the country or be stationed somewhere else. And they are asking for the therapist's signature to say, hey, they can go. Mm-hmm. or that there's no concerns. Well, we can't say that there's no concerns because you've initiated therapy services with our practice and we've documented in the evaluation that they qualified for therapy and they have a plan of care. We cannot sign that paper. No, we cannot sign that paper. We can give you a copy of the evaluation. And I always say, you know what? If you are needing that form signed, you should take that back to your doctor. Exactly. Not our call to make, but you can have a copy of the evaluation because that evaluation says your child does need therapy. And just because you need to move... We can't sign that document to say you no longer need services anymore or that you're not going to be limited by the need for services. We don't get to make that call. No, we don't. So at PDT, we are doing this largely to protect you as a therapist because you're being asked to do a lot of things that are not in the scope of your practice or they're out of your lane. But even larger, even beyond the walls here at PDT, if you're a therapist practicing out there, think about it. Any kind of decision about whether a child can move somewhere or not move somewhere based on their therapy function or where they are, it is not the therapist's call to make. That is not the mm-hmm. therapist's decision. We just tell you where they are, and then the people who make those decisions make the decisions. We don't make those decisions. It's not our decision to make. So the eval can serve lots of purposes for that. And, you know, even if you're in the school system and you're listening to the podcast and you're thinking, what? I do tons more paperwork than five things. 
you do an eval, no matter what form you write it up on, you do the eval. And so that eval can serve lots and lots and lots of purposes without you having to create something else. So therapists working in multiple situations, the eval, if it's done properly, serves really takes half the battle of other types of paperwork the eval does. So then we move to the daily note. Those are the obvious. Of course, a therapist produces an evaluation. Of course, we produce a daily note for every time we see the child. We have a record of what they did in the session, what the goals were, what I did to help the child target the goals, and then how the child did. So that's the daily note. So the daily note will serve for also present level of function. I can take in the daily note all the goals with an evaluation, and you can get an idea where the child was at the time of the eval and then where they currently are today. Yeah. So let's say, for example, a parent comes in and they're like, oh, by the way, we're going to the ortho doctor next week before we see you again. I'll say, great. You know what? At the end of my session, I'm going to bring him out just a few minutes early so that I can go back and document today's session. And then I'm going to print it out so you can take a copy with you to your doctor. Exactly. No extra work on my part. I didn't add to my to-do list at the end of the day. I did it all there in real time. It's part of his treatment session. It's necessary so I can relay to the doctor what happened. It's all applicable to that situation. They are now getting informed at the doctor's office, but I created no extra work or documentation or extra forms that are not PDT related <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to send to this doctor. Even if a child, say I think a child needs to go to the ENT, I'll write up what my concerns are in the evaluation. And then I can also have information in my daily note to support that. So I can give them a copy of the eval with a copy of the daily note. Same thing that Kirstie just said, but from a speech language perspective and say, here, here's what my areas of concerns are and why I think I need a referral for the ear, nose and throat doctor. And I'll even sometimes circle it like so that they don't even have to read the whole eval. You know, they get to hear, just hone into this area. And this is the impact on his speech and language. The fact that I think he potentially may need to have his adenoids out or have tubes put in or be assessed for all of that. And here's how it's impacting. So that's in my eval and then my daily notes there to further support all that. So that's all you need. That's it. And a doctor well, really doesn't want to read more than that anyway. I want to tell you. So we do talk about, Hayden, like the main things that we do as therapists, we evaluate children, we uh-huh. treat them, uh-huh. we evaluate them. We treat them. Mm -hmm. So we have an evaluation document. We have a soap note. Those are the two main things that therapists do. Mm -hmm. And we have to do that for every single child, every single visit. There has to be an evaluation done. There has to be a treatment, a daily note. You can't get around either one of those things. That's a given. If you know that a doctor's appointment is coming up or that you know that something needs to be communicated with somebody, incorporate it in the form and the template that we already have. Do not create extra work. No, exactly. So when I do the child's evaluation, I'm asking about if the child is hyponasal and the child's story, when the parent's giving me this story and their concerns, I'm going to ask, how many ear infections have they had in the last year? You know, if they say five, I'm like, okay, well, do they snore? Oh gosh, they snore terrible. And then if the child's articulation or they've got several, lots of phonology, then I'm thinking, okay, this child needs a referral to the ENT. They potentially have fluid in her ear. Even if it's not infected, they could have fluid or they may have enlarged adenoids, but an ENT needs to look and see, and I can write all that in the eval and even circle it for the parent, which I have done before and hand and say, here, take this to the pediatrician and tell them we won't need a referral. And I've got it all there in the evaluation, but I'm already thinking that way. It works for all disciplines. So that's our eval. That's our note. So therapists do the evaluation. We do the daily note. What else do we produce? Well, in combination with a soap note and a daily note for each treatment session, the expectation is that we are providing home carryover. So we have a home exercise program pad. They're usually green. We do have some hot pink ones floating around too, but they're a bright color because we don't want them to be lost and we want them to be easily found in the clinic. But all it is, is what did you work on in the session and what are we giving you to do at home? So keeping it very simple, we use the acronym CAN. It should be clear, 
It should be achievable and it should be noteworthy. So when we are writing a home program, I joke because I get all involved in people's like daily routines, not because I need to be their best friend, but I'm just like, so. (laughs) You just want um, the child to be successful and carry over their goals. There you go. I want to take something that they are already doing at home. So I say like when I'm working with a little baby, that diaper has to be changed like eight times a day. So I'm going to tie a therapy intervention to diaper changing. They already got to do the diaper. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to incorporate and make it easy to remember and make it something that's incorporated into everyday life. With older children, I'll generally do brushing their teeth because I know you got to stand in front of that mirror for how long. So if I need them to stretch a heel cord or practice standing on one foot. Great time to do it. If OT with dressing or, you know, PT for balance. I'm like, you got to get your kid dressed in the morning and you got to put them in pajamas at night. So can they stand on one foot to work on like while you put their sock on? Mm-hmm. Like make it a game, make it fun. They've already got to get their child dressed. Now you're just tweaking how they do it mm-hmm. so you can get the carryover. So again, keeping that home program really simple, but that's another paper that you fill out. The expectation is that you're writing that every session. The expectation is also that what you did for homework and what you gave for homework goes in your soap note. It goes in your daily note because we are holding the parent accountable to partner with us to be involved in the program of what we're providing for homework. And so next visit when they come back, we as a therapist should be saying, how'd it go? What worked? What didn't work? So it should be so clear and of course achievable that the family can easily do it daily and then they can tell you how it went. So that's why the noteworthy thing is if they can't, then either one, maybe they just had a bad week, give them a pass. All right, fine. You're going to ask them about that. Number two, they haven't bought in. And so you need to go back and do some work there to to have them buy in and be a part and make sure they understand you're there a part of your session. Or three, you weren't clear and what you gave them was not achievable. So it's one of those three things. It's not going to be much else unless the child was out of town with a different family member all week long. Other than that, that's it. So there you go. And a lot of times I'll hear, oh, gosh, the family didn't carry through with the home program or they're not carrying through. Well, ask yourself one of those three questions and I bet they'll start. So clear, achievable, noteworthy. And I tell therapists with those green pads you're talking about that we have in our office, it takes me all of like 30 seconds maybe to fill that out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just even for like a child who's, I mean, speech and language, we have it the easiest. The child has to do something to get something all day long, every day, usually. So let's set up little things within the course of their day to have to do something to get something. They got to get out of the car seat. If you're working on this and they are doing initiating, they got to get out of the car seat. So right before you hit that final button to get out of the car seat, you just pause and you go, you want out? And if they say anything, if they do uh, any noise whatsoever, if they're not using words, besides a tantrum, that counts. And you pop the button and then you build from there. So you work it in, like Kirsty said, to their regular daily life routines. But you can do that for speech and language with any goal the child has. Anything, Arctic, language, pragmatics, fluency, it doesn't matter. It all works. When we say home program and homework and mm-hmm. we're going to give you things to do and homework, this is not sit down every minute, every no. afternoon for 30 minutes no. and these are the things that you're going to do. If that's your expectation of what a home program looks like, you are so far off base in working in pediatrics. <laughs> no. I mean, because <laughs> that's not what's going to happen here. I don't give list of words anymore. I mean, I have to just come clean. Long time ago, I did, but parents didn't do it, so I quit doing it. So I said, hey, you got to drive to the grocery store. You got to drive them to school. You got to drive home. I spend like half the day driving my kids around, hours in the car. And so that's the perfect time to work on your sound. Do five words here, five words there. Before you know it, you've done 50 words in a whole day versus if you just give them a word list and do these 10 words. I take the other all day long, every day. And it's functional. It's in real time, and that's much better. 
So that's the third thing paperwork-wise that therapists generate. First is a vow. Second is a daily note. Third is the home exercise program, speech OTPT, and it should happen every single session. The fourth thing you fill out is a letter of medical necessity. So a lot of times people think PT and OT for these. Really, PT does a lot more letters of medical necessity. We do for orthotics, AFOs, SMOs, splints. OTs will do them for hand splints. PTs are going to do them for wheelchairs, standers, walkers, activity chairs. So you name it. We have a template in our system. We auto-populate things in there. And then the bottom is really the recommendation of what it is that you are recommending. And that's what goes to the doctor. The LMN, speech can use that form too. If you've been seeing a child for a while and you haven't done a recent evaluation, when I say recent, I mean maybe you've been seeing the child for three months and now you're starting to see some other things and now you want to refer them to the ENT. Well, you don't have to do another eval to refer Mm -mm. them to the ENT. Just fill out the LMN. What Mm -hmm. the LMN is, it gives the birth history, it gives their goals and the progress on their current goals so that you have a general idea of what they're doing and how, and you copy and paste those from the last daily note, and then you recommend child needs to be seen by the ENT for blah, blah, and blah. Again, the doctor does not want to read paragraphs and paragraphs of stuff. They just want the LMN. What does this therapist want? Oh, they want us to refer him to an ENT. Okay, got it. Exactly. So keeping it simple. So that's something that we do often. Um, it's happened with another child where OT was working with the child, and they're like, I need him to see an eye doctor. He's got mm-hmm. some nystagmus going on. Well, that's an LMN. We need to communicate with the doctor why this child needs to go. Put it in your recommendation. Keep it simple. Doctor's not going to read a lot of stuff. We can't refer the mom directly to the eye doctor. We've got to go back to the primary doctor and refer out. So that's how we do that. We're not creating our own form. We're just putting in the system. Our admin team then runs a report, can see the LMNs that need to go out, and they go ahead and do that. We're not sending anything. We're not emailing stuff back and forth. It's all part of our EMR, and it goes through one administrative person who does that. So it keeps it very simple. It keeps the therapist out of passing information back and forth, and it just simplifies life. So we're up to four things that you've done, and everything's been able to be done in real time right in the therapy session. Yes, medical records are electronic now. We're not going back. It's just kind of like the iPhone. Like how many people have you seen carrying around a flip phone nowadays? Like nobody. We're not going backwards, people. We're only going forward. Medical records are electronic. They are here to say we've invested. We bought the computers. It is what it is. I can't even write anymore, really. Or you can't read it if I do, except for the head pads, which I can print on two sentences there. So I can do that, but that's as far as I can go. So we're not going backward. Most EMR systems will have a situation like just what Kirsty described. We certainly do, but pretty much all of them are adaptable to a certain amount, and they all can be adapted forms in that way to do exactly what she just described. It's very simple. It's very easy. Again, just the facts. And also, really, in the speech world, you don't hear that letter of medical necessity, but think about it. You refer a child to go for a hearing test to an audiologist, refer to the ENT. You may refer to a nutritionist, refer to OTPT if you're not working with OTs and PTs, refer for a swallow study. So even though that's not something that's usually part of the speech therapist, it is what we do. So go ahead and adopt it, make friends with it, get familiar with it. And if you just use that, it makes your life so much easier and cuts down all your paperwork because who wants to do that paperwork? I don't want to be done with this mess. Literally, I have read evaluations where therapists are requesting for an all-com device that are, I am not kidding you, 15 pages long. I don't know if I've ever written a 15-page anything. It's been a while, okay? So um, just one topic. You know, I've written a lot of 15 pages, but it's usually 15 different topics or actually 30, and nobody's reading that thing. So 
stop. Just say no to that. Hands up, walk away, and just make your life simpler. Just tell the facts. What does this child need? And ask for it and move on. That's it. you got to condense that down. They don't mm, want to read mm, all the wordiness. Mm, mm. They want you to be to the point. What are you trying to say? If you're having to say a lot of verbiage, mm-hmm. they are just like you. They don't have time to read a bunch of stuff. You don't have time to read a bunch of stuff or write a bunch of stuff. So just the what facts. What do you want? Nitty gritty. <laughs> to the point. And then also to the insurance company, just give them what they want. Don't give them more than what they want. That confuses things. Don't give them less than what they want. That's not going to get it. Just give them what they want. And so don't overdo this thing. I mean, super duper, if you can write a 15-page report, that's awesome. But nobody wants it, so stop doing it. That's my two cents on that, and there you have it. So we've got the eval. We've got the daily note. We've got the home exercise program. We've got the letter of medical necessity. So number five is? The discharge summary, Mm because our goal is to get them discharged. Mm -hmm. There's an end plan. You're doing all the steps one through four to get to number five. Because our ultimate goal is to get a child to discharge. And so when you're completing forms, you've done an eval, you've done ongoing treatment with a home program in each session. You may have written a letter of medical necessity during the time the child was being seen for services, but now they're ready for discharge. So Mm -hmm. the fifth document that you would complete for any child receiving services would be a discharge summary. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the discharge summary is your eval because sometimes you evaluate and they don't need you anymore. And so you discharge them. And that serves as your discharge summary. But sometimes the child might move, move or maybe, you know what, you're like, gosh, this child met all their goals. I don't need to do the eval. They've met all their goals. I can just write a discharge summary. But don't do a discharge summary and an eval, just one. And most EMRs have one already. We have one and we've adapted it a little tiny bit. Basically, you can do this in like three minutes. You copy and paste your goals from the last therapy session. You put it on the discharge summary. You copy and paste your A, what the child did, what they could. And for us, it's the A and the A section of our daily note. What did they do related to each goal? Copy and paste it. Put it in the discharge summary. And if summary. it says they've met all their goals, well, that's really simple to put in there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeehaw, they met them all. And if they didn't, then you could put kind of where they were, like if the child's moved, then you can put where they are. And then put the reason why they're being discharged and sign it. I think sometimes therapists like, oh, I've got to make this big, beautiful plan. Somebody could read it. Yeah, they could. And that's good enough. That's all that they need to read. Because if I'm getting somebody's discharge summary and they're sending me that, I am like high-fiving people in the food line. Like, thank you. That's all I need. You know, I don't need a bunch of this extra mess. Give me the goals. Where were they? I just need a picture, a snapshot of where they were. And the discharge also tells the doctor, okay, here's where you are. You sent us your patient. We did what we were supposed to do. And this is the end result. They've met their goals. They're done. They're good. Boom. Here's where they are. So if you are doing any Anything or signing any documents or doing anything beyond those five, walk away. Yep. We did say at the beginning of the podcast, this is for therapists in private practice. And that's what we're talking about because I know there's other therapists in the schools who have to fill out different paperwork. That's a different podcast. I get that as it's related to the paperwork that they are requiring you to do. But I'm talking about therapists in private practice. And those are the five things. Other than that, if they don't fit there, don't do it. Hands up, walk away. And you can say at PDT, we are not permitted to fill out that form. Mm-hmm. You know, you just say, hey, this will meet your needs. Just think of what you've already created. It's one of those five things meets all the needs. Because really, at the end of the day, I went to school to help kids get better. And I like working with kids and I like working with families. And that's what I like to do. And of course, I have to do the paperwork to accompany that. I mean, it's part of the gig. But you don't want to spend all day documenting. So just write up what people need to know. And that's all you have to do. You don't need to do more than that. So those five things are all you have to do. And that's it. Walk away. It's freeing. Really, it is. It is. And I think you'll be able to spend more time being creative in the real moment in therapy. You'll be happier (laughs) and your documentation will be just what it's supposed to be. The most important thing we do 
at any outpatient practice, we evaluate children and we treat them. We can get caught up in all of this other minutia of the day, but at the end of the day, we do five things. We evaluate and we provide the eval. We do a daily note, soap note format. We do a home program because that's expected and we document it in our daily note. And we do a letter of medical necessity on occasion for some children. And then at discharge, we write a discharge summary. That's it. Five things. Thank you, Kirsty, again for all of your help with this and insight. It's been awesome spending some time with you. Thanks, everybody, for listening and spending some time with both of us. Check out more of our podcast on theworkingtherapist.com, also pediatricdt.com, our website. You can also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 